and Digital Outdoor. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Rich Thomas. Former President Trump's legal team has appealed that $454 million civil fraud judgment in New York, even as Mr. Trump pursues his bid for re-election. A 25-year-old man, a U.S. military service member, has died after setting himself on fire yesterday outside the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., reportedly yelling, Free Palestine. A spokeswoman for the U.S. Air Force confirmed that the incident involved an active duty airman, but the authorities have so far declined to say whether it was a form of protest. It's not the first incident of self-immolation outside an Israeli diplomatic mission in the U.S. since the conflict between Israel and Hamas erupted in October. In December, one person set themselves on fire in front of the Israeli consulate in the state of Georgia. On that occasion, remnants of a Palestinian flag were found at the scene and police said it appeared to be an extreme act of political protest. The BBC's Warren Bull. Following her loss in the South Carolina Republican primary, Nikki Haley is losing a major source of campaign funding, as first reported by Politico. Americans for Prosperity is ending its support of the Haley campaign, but Haley is not throwing in the towel. Now that Donald Trump's made it four in a row with his win in South Carolina, the next contest comes Tuesday in Michigan. I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. But Nikki Haley isn't giving up, saying many voters... Voters want an alternative. In the next 10 days, another 21 states and territories will speak. They have the right to a real choice. I'm Jackie Quinn. Republican National Committee Chair Ronna McDaniel announcing plans to step down March 8th. On Wall Street this morning, stocks have been mixed. So far, the Dow is higher. More on these stories at townhall.com. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. Are you a victim of the timeshare trap and think there's no way out? I'm Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, the original timeshare cancellation expert. And I'm here to tell you that there is a way out. We've helped over 30,000 families out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. If your timeshare agreement goes on forever, if you were told timeshares are a great investment, or your maintenance fees will never go up, you have questions, we have the answers. At Wesley Financial Group, we're dedicated to helping timeshare owners get out of their financial nightmare. All you need to do is give my office a call. I will send you a timeshare exit information kit absolutely free, explaining how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. Call now for your free timeshare exit information kit, 800-256-5533. That's 800-256-5533. 800-256-5533. News Flash, powered by Palm Mortuaries and Cemeteries. Stay active, be healthy, think rather way. January, a good month for a bad superbug fungus as candida auris cases here in Southern Nevada and the hospitals and nursing homes hit record levels. The Nevada Division of Public Health and Behavioral Health says facilities last month reported 69 invasive infections of the potentially deadly fungus. Most of those cases were here in Southern Nevada. Health officials say the fungus can spread person to person through touching and also from contact with contaminated surfaces. It typically spreads in hospitals and long-term care facilities facilities where patients with lengthy stays are most vulnerable. The drug-resistant fungus can enter a person's bloodstream, brain, heart, as well as other organs and can lead to death. 
The historic Westside Urban Farm hosting its first ever Farmer's Market. Mark your calendar for Saturday, March 16th, 10 to 2, 10 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon at James Gay III Park. That's on Harrison Avenue. The farm opened in April of last year and grows fresh fruit as well as vegetables that include lemons, tomatoes, basil, among other produce. The Urban Farm works to help those struggling with food insecurity and to give the historic Westside community access to fresh produce in an area that is known as a food desert. Treasure Island TI has a new attraction for those who want to play games but not gamble. The Cove has opened on the Strip Properties Casino floor. The 7,400 square foot bar and arcade will give you a chance to play 27 arcade games and activities like air hockey, shuffleboard, a six-lane bowling alley, and a golf simulator. The attraction replaces meeting and convention space over at Treasure Island. Open 11 in the morning until 1 in the morning, Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 2 on Friday and Saturday. Take AM670 with you wherever you go. Check out our website at 670kmzq.com. Click on that Listen Live button. Flu season is here. You and your family need to boost your superpowers. Get vaccinated. And remember, you can vaccinate your family from six months of age at your nearest health center, pharmacy, vaccine clinic, or certain community centers. Remember that flu can especially affect over 65-year-olds, adults with certain chronic diseases, pregnant women, and children under five. Keep them super immune. Check with your health care provider or go to immunizenevada.org. With health, there is life. This message is sponsored by Immunize Nevada, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. KMCQ on time traffic is powered by Meineke Car Care Centers. Right now, you can get an oil change for only $39.95. Meineke, doing car care right. Well, feel free to use the resort corridor. Again, uh, good news that accident on I 15 southbound that was taken up two left lanes has been moved to the right shoulder out of the travel lane. So, all lanes open now on I 15 southbound. Again, that problem was before Spring Mountain. It's gone now. And uh, with that clear, there are no accidents being reported on our freeways. Windy and warm, warmer today, gusting up to 35 miles per hour. There is a wind advisory in effect until 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. And today's high temperatures could reach the low 70s. 57, though, right now. I'm Mark Thomas with your on-time traffic and weather on AM670 KMZQ. The best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot him uh, foot Check it out. And 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 Joan Shengang Shanga. Can I just say that of all the idiots in all the idiot villages in all the idiot worlds, you stand alone. and gentlemen, Kevin Wall. Hour number two, live and local. Good to have you with us. Kevin Wall with you until 9 o'clock. Victor Jakes, three-time-a-week columnist for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, joins us. Good morning, Victor. How are you, sir? How was your weekend? 
I'm doing great, Kevin. Thank you so much. Really nice weekend. Hope you had one as well. Yeah, the weather was wonderful. It was spectacular. I loved it. And uh, now it's on to another week. Uh, we we also uh, did the deal with South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina held its primary. Donald Trump, as predicted, uh, won by a huge, huge margin. Uh, what did you make of what happened on Saturday? You know, I... Well, I think the, the the big picture remains the same, right? Donald Trump's going to be the Republican nominee, barring a you know major health catastrophe. And but I, I have to say, I actually was surprised to see Haley get to uh, get to forty percent. Um, I I thought I thought Trump would do would do better. You know, you could say, well, Haley, you know, obviously that's her home state, so she had an advantage. You know, maybe Trump supporters just kind of knew he had it in the bag, and so didn't didn't get out there. So I, I don't think it changes anything in the, you know, the big picture in terms of who's going to win. But I, I was surprised to see her get to 40 percent. But uh, the, the one thing, and, and Sam Peters brought this up uh, in our previous hour, um, that the 20 percent of her votes were from people who were considered liberal, meaning they were Democrats that crossed over. Um, that that will probably skew some of the, at least some of the numbers, not all of them. Uh, what 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 is what is uh, Nikki Haley still doing in the race? Well, I mean, if you want to the, the optim, well, I mean, I think there's two things. I mean, if you want to look at the here and now, you'd say, okay, Super Tuesday is ten days away. You know, there'll be a huge huge number of delegates up. You know, you're in this far, you have the money, you might as well stick it out. And I think that I mean, I think the larger the larger um, point is you know sometimes you run for president now because you really want to run for president later and i i think that's what she's doing uh, i i personally i think she made a mistake i think if she had gotten out you know after new hampshire and cut a deal with trump to be his vp i i i really thought that was on the table i thought that's that's where it was going um obviously not and i think with you know, with with kind of the shots she's taking at, and I don't think I don't think that's going to be in the in the cards. But you know, I think the really the, the reason she's running now is to to lay the groundwork for twenty twenty eight. What about uh, burning bridges? Um, is it possible that she has burned bridges within the Republican Party? Well, I I don't know. I don't I don't really think that's you know people. I don't. I don't think that's a, a major factor. I mean, I think the the bigger bridge that she's burned is just, you know, kind of who she is and the lane she ran in. And you know, I don't think anyone in four years is going to be like, well, I was considering Nikki Haley, but you know, she kept her campaign going for another month. So I, I don't. I don't think that's really it. I mean, I don't think she's really ever had the the kind of the the belief, the support of the Trump people. Um, or that kind of wing of the party. Uh, if anything, what she's doing is she's kind of consolidating the, you know, the the John McCain wing of the party, the the centrist, uh, more liberal, you know, 25, 30 percent maybe of the party. They probably are 25 percent of the party. And so what, what she would want to do is say, hey, this is I am the candidate in this lane. And in 2028, when Ron DeSantis runs and when 15 other people run, too, you know, and he's got to fight off all these people who are gunning for his 70 percent of the vote. You know, I'm going to be over here having consolidated this, you know, this 25 percent of the vote. You know, and she's building up her email list. She's, she's knowing, OK, who are the people who can donate, who have donated to me? And so, you know, it makes it easier to go back in four years and get money from them. 
Um, and so I, I really do think what she's doing is she's just, you know, building her campaign for 2028. Uh, in your column uh, in the in the RJ, what Trump needs to do to win Nevada, the latest Emerson polling shows he is leading in Nevada right now by six points, 10 points if you throw in the third party candidates. Uh, what, what was the gist of your column? Well, the, the big gist of, is that Nevada is is available. I mean, Nevada is is you know Trump lost by three points uh, in 2020. Still a close state, and Biden's obviously done terribly. <laughs> and the you know so I think the polls like that just show that you know Nevada is is ripe for the picking. But the thing you have to to realize, and I hope the Trump campaign realizes it. Well, I think the campaign realizes it. I'm not sure how much how much Trump is willing to acknowledge it, acknowledge it, is that it's not just enough to win in the polls or to have kind of the general public uh, support you. When it comes to an election, people actually have to cast their ballots. And in Nevada, we've changed the voting rules. You know, we changed the voting rules in, in 2020, and now we send out ballots to everyone, whether they request it or not. And we allow ballot harvesting. And I don't think those are good choices. I think those are disaster um, policy choices and open the door up to lots of problems, but they are the rules on the ground here. And if, if the Trump campaign, if Trump tells Republicans, don't don't vote by mail, don't early vote, what he's done is he's ceded this huge logistical advantage to, to Democrats um, because they've got two plus weeks to chase their ballots and chase their voters to the polls or at their home, take their ballot, and Republicans are just relying on well, we've got, you know, 12 hours on election day to push everyone to the polls, and we better hope it doesn't snow up in Elko, because uh, if so, we're, we're going to be sunk. Uh, and so, you know, you, you can not like the rules, but the rules are what they are, and you got to adapt to the rules, if, if only in order to change the rules when you win. Victor, let me ask you, though, is there any evidence you've seen that the state party, uh, the Clark County Republican Party, uh, has... has mastered a kind of a new way or a better way of doing ballot harvesting and drop boxes and things like that? Well, it's interesting because the national party has really kind of made this a point of emphasis and the state party along with it, you know, the bank your vote campaign, um, that's a big national party push and it's, it's a good one. And then Trump will get out and basically trash, you know, mail ballots. And, and so you kind of have this, the, these dueling messages where, you know the the political people understand just logistically like you you got to be able to use this tool if it's available because otherwise you're giving this huge advantage to your opponent because you have to remember and and everyone listening you know we are not the target audience for this because we care about politics we're following it we're invested we are going to go vote you know we are voting in the city elections where it's you know 15 percent turnout uh, but to win these presidential elections right you got to get the people who are maybe voting, you know, who are kind of annoyed by by Biden. But am I really going to go out and vote? Well, if they get if they get hounded by someone coming to their door and saying, hey, you know, go get your mail ballot, fill it out and give it to me. Uh, and they come back again and they say, oh, you know, have you early voted? It, it's right down the street today. Have you early voted? You know, th- then those people collectively are much more likely to turn out. Uh, and so anyway, so I think the Republican Party, the political people understand the need for this. Uh, I, I think Trump as he is wont to do, will go out there and, and just kind of speak off the cuff. And he doesn't differentiate very well between, you know, this is this is an insecure form of balloting and voting. But if we have it, we got to use it. Uh, and I don't like it. <laughs> you know, and so I just worry that the message gets gets mixed.
Uh, one of the things you wrote about over the weekend uh, was TikTok. Uh, we've all seen the plethora of uh, ads uh, that are on TV. They're well-produced. They're, they're heart-rending stories. Uh, really, really good commercials. Uh, what what did you write about over the weekend relative to, to liberals uh, of, and, and, and TikTok and, and journalists? journalists who should be fair on this thing well there's a there's a, a twitter account or an x account uh called libs of, of tiktok and and you know many people if, even if they don't follow the site have probably seen the videos that that she unearths on uh fox news and and what the, the site is is, is it's, or what the, the account does is it mostly post videos or photos of liberals doing and saying stuff that just is outrageous and just is, is kind of stunning. And the argument is simply getting people to watch what they're saying, you know, to hear a, a, a pre-K teacher talk about, oh, I'm, you know, here are all the pronouns of the children in my class. And, you know, we're teaching them gender diversity. <laughs> it's like, this is outrageous. This is crazy. And, you know, the one of the jobs of journalism is to expose what's happening and bring it to the public light, right? Because the public can't follow everything that's going on. And so uh, the media and journalists say, okay, well, we will follow everything the best we can and we'll find the crazy stuff and we'll bring it to public attention. So that way you can, you know, find out about it and, and the public can do, do what it will about it. But, and so anyway, this, this lives a TikTok account has done such an incredible job of this. Uh, and as a result, uh, the the national media, many in the national media, have attacked her <laughs> and attacked her and, and tried to, to say that, basically insinuate that uh, because some of these places that she has exposed uh, have received bomb threats after she exposed them, that she is somehow responsible for the threat. Uh, and, you know, I mean, first of all, it just doesn't make any sense because, you know, if you bring something to light and some, you know, and it's like, Oh, there's crazy people on the internet. I mean, who knew? <laughs> it's just uh, that's what happens in today's day and age, and no one likes it. It's not good. You know, the, the libs of TikTok account is not promoting bomb threats, uh, but she's not responsible for someone taking that information and using it poorly. Uh, and, and what's so amazing is that if you take this principle, you basically gut investigative journalism because what's the point of investigative journalism? We go in, we dig in, we find something outrageous. The more outrageous, the more salacious, the, the better. Uh, and, and you bring it to the public's attention. And then if the public is outraged and someone in the public, one or two individuals in, out of you know, this, this huge, large audience does something bad, that's supposed to, to reflect on the investigative journalist or supposed to reflect on publications. I mean, it's over. You just you just can't do investigative journalism if you're going to allow this sort of hostage taking. I want to ask you about another column Uh, to win Muslim votes. Biden undercuts Israel. I think a lot of us believe that that Biden has been undercutting Israel from the get go. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, uh, and and, and others. Uh, Talk a little bit about about what you wrote about uh, and, and, and why it's so vitally important because it's 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 obvious to the naked eye that Israel has been short, shorted by by the Biden administration all along, uh, in particular after after October seventh. Well, it's just it's just been kind of unbelievable to watch to watch Biden's 
um, evolution or, or two-facedness on on Israel. I mean, he started out, you know, the day of the attack, he comes out and says, Israel got the right to defend itself, full stop. I mean, he's very good, right? <laughs> it's just like, he can see what we all see, saw. This was a terrorist attack. Go kill the terrorists. Uh, and then, you know, within a couple of weeks, his, his rhetoric shifting and he's talking about, oh, we don't want Islamist phobia and, and that and all hate is bad and basically trying to conflate, um, you know, people who support Israel with, with people who support Hamas. And it's like, uh, this is really concerning. And, and then we've seen in the last um, couple of weeks that his administration, you know, basically say it's time for a ceasefire. And they're, they're pushing a, a resolution at the U.N. And they, they did veto a resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire. That was good. But they, they, they were putting putting on a, basically a ceasefire resolution forward at the U.N. And it's like, no, that, that's that's not how this works. You don't you don't kill like. 75% of the terrorists and then say, oh, that's it. That's a time for the ceasefire. Um, you know, the terrorists broke the ceasefire. <laughs> they went and killed a thousand plus people and they still have a hundred hostages in Gaza or, or, you know, wherever they, they have them. They still have a hundred hostages and, and Israel's just supposed to back off. I mean, it's outrageous. But well, the reason that Biden's doing it is, you know, there's, there's this strong, um, contingent of, of Muslim voters in Michigan and Biden, you know, obviously his, his polling has been terrible because he's been terrible and he needs to strong turnout among that voting block in Michigan in order to have a, a better chance to win the state. Uh, and so you can just kind of see the political calculation in the background and, and it's producing this, this policy that's less friendly to Israel. Do you think that will all change after uh, primary election day tomorrow in Michigan? Will he change oh, no. his tune no, again? No. I, I, well, I, I think the only way it would change is if, you know, there's this thing in Michigan where you can vote like undecided or something. Uncommitted. So, uncommitted. Thank you. And so the, a lot of the, you know, the Muslim influencers are, are trying to get people to vote uh, that way. And so, you know, if there's a significant portion that, that votes that way, I think that's going to set off even more alarm bells in the Biden administration. Um, but I don't think, and what's so funny about this is it's like Trump was like the most pro-Israel president ever. And so you're gonna you're gonna ditch Biden for and allow like Trump to get the Oval Office. Anyway, I I just think that's kind of a, an irony. But I, I don't think I don't think they're gonna come back to Israel. I mean, I think I think that we've seen the peak support for Israel. You know, barring God forbid another terrorist attack. I, I think it's all triangulation and trying to appeal to to the Muslim voters from the, from here on out. Victor, in, a, in our final couple of minutes, uh, look in your crystal ball. What do you see between now and Election Day on November 5th uh, relative to the presidential race? I, I think it's going to be <laughs> uh, quite, a, quite, a, quite a race, quite a repeat. I actually think the, the trials for Trump have this benefit uh, for him. Is it, it, it keeps him kind of out of the news. And, you know, I, the trials are very unjust, very scary for, like, the long-term prospects of the country. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that turns kind of the undecided voter off, I think, is Trump in the headlines just being Trump and saying crazy stuff. And if he's got all these trials to deal with, it actually sort of keeps him out of the headlines. And, and then what's the headline going to be? Joe Biden and Joe Biden's performance. And if the election is primarily about what do people think about Joe Biden – Donald Trump will be the next president. If the, the election somehow is primarily about what do you think about Donald Trump's personality, 
you know, Joe Biden has a, has a much, much better chance. So uh, I think it's going to be very tight. I, I think we're going to be very frustrated with, uh, with, with Trump just because it's like, you know, just help yourself. Just, 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 just tone the rhetoric down. I beg of you for eight months and, and just say, look, whatever you think about me, Remember four years ago and how great it was. And look at it now. Look at the prices now. Don't keep voting for this. We can do better. Uh, but, I, you know, Trump is Trump. And he's gotten to where he is being Trump. And I don't think he's changing now. Wow. Wow. Uh, again, uh, Victor, uh, Victor Jake's joining us, the three-time-a-week columnist for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, very, very quickly, and I, I need about a one-minute answer on, on this one. Uh, do you see any any reason why Trump is going to change his spots? I mean, you were talking about, you know, essentially staying on the teleprompter and don't go off the cuff. Do you think he's capable of doing that? No, I don't think he's capable of doing it. I I I, I don't get it. You know, people who have talked to him in private have told me, you know, he's really sharp. He understands everything, and it's just, you know, I. You know, I think part of it is, is your greatest strength is your greatest weakness, right? And so he's got the um, the guts to go out and say, I've never run for president before, and I'm going to be president. And, you know, all of the clattering shaft class, you know, I wasn't a pundit at the time, but I thought, oh, he's, he's you know, never going to make it, not succeed. He's never – and then everyone else has said, oh, he's never going to beat Hillary. And he goes and he does it, right? And he does it his way. And so I think there's kind of this, this you know, sense of they counted me out before – and I didn't listen to them, and that's what got me here. And so now, I'm, why would I listen to them now? And, and it's very understandable. I just don't think it's the case in, in this situation. And, and you can just see it with what happened with the 2020 election, where Biden hid in the basement and just let Trump be Trump. And voters said, uh, we're, we're sick of the drama. And, and now people are sick of Biden because he's terrible. Uh, and so Trump's job, if he wants to be president, the best way to do that is just to point to Biden and say, this is terrible. You may not like me, but I did a better job running the country. Put me back in office, and I'll make your life better. And that's a winning message. And I just, but I, I don't think he's going to change. And I think we're just going to, you know, be along for the ride for the next eight months. It's going to be a roller coaster. I can't wait. Uh, we'll be uh, following it uh, in the uh, in the uh, in the RJ, and uh, of course, your three time a week columnist, uh, Victor. Always good to have you with us. Thanks so much, my friend. And we'll talk again next week. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Kevin. There you go, Victor Jakes, the three-time-a-week columnist for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Every time I read his columns, I learn something, and you can too. Uh, Stay with us. More to do as we continue on AM 670 KMZQ. Debunking both liberal and conservative rhetoric. Dan Bongino, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 670 KMZQ. Talk radio done right. This segment of the Long Life Era is powered by Paul Mortuaries and Cemeteries. Stay active. Be healthy. They'd rather wait. Marla Letizia is the founder of Long Life Era Community Facebook Group. We know her as Nanny Bubby on Instagram and Facebook. You can embrace the mindset at longlifemindset.com. Marla, the baby boomer generation's packing an economic punch these years. They're, what, 70 million strong? Yeah, about 71 to 72, yeah. What can we learn about the cultural influence that that generation has had on American culture? Well, these are the people that were born between 1946 to 1964. 
And uh, as you said, there's about 71 to 72 million of us. And right now, at this moment in history, we are number one living longer than any other generation ever in the planet. And it's predicted because of our food issues in America, food supply, every other generation will live shorter than what our generation did because our food supply is tainted with insecticides, glyphosate, and other things that are impacting our health and well-being. So the newer generations than us actually are predicted to have a shorter lifespan. Are there any other ways that the baby boomer generation has impacted American culture or will? Well, first of all, we hold the largest voting block in the history of America. We have the largest economic power. So those generations that came after us really are not thriving the way that our generation did. But more importantly, we are the forerunners of cultural change in America. And I believe that we as a generation have the responsibility to end ageism and to end this anti-aging feeling that we have here in America so that we can all live and thrive. Embrace the mindset at longlifemindset.com. They will stop at nothing to destroy our country from within. High inflation, chaos at the border, pro-terrorist rallies on college campuses. This is not the America our founding fathers envisioned for us. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Colonel David Flippo, and I'm running for Congress to fight back against this liberal insanity. Nevadans are tired of watching our country and our state being destroyed by radical liberals and career politicians. Some politicians will go so far to win, they will switch parties when it's convenient. I've been a lifelong conservative Republican who spent 24 years fighting for this country in the United States Air Force. I spent my career defending the country I love, and I am stepping up once again to stop them from taking over our party, our state, and our country. But I need your help to win this fight. Go to electdavidflippo.com for more information. And together, we can flip Nevada Red. This is David Flippo, and I approve this message. Paid for by the committee to elect David Flippo. When was your last trip to the dentist? Has it been a few years, five years, more? Hey, Kevin Wall here. For years, I went without dental care, and then I found Dr. Joe Willardson at True Dentistry. Dr. Joe and his caring staff converted me from a scared, high-anxiety 